This is another episode of the Called Bank Podcast. Uh, we're going to try to bring you as much NBA content as we can, even though there aren't any games going on. But we are anticipating that we get to start the season here in just uh, three or four weeks. Um, to get started, uh, I'd like to start talking about a former jazz player, Gordon Hayward. I know it's not he's not a popular name anymore. He, he kind of ditched the jazz for the Celtics, but... We're past that, right? So with with the new NBA season starting up, the players are going to be in a bubble, as most of you probably know by now. And Gordon Hayward, he has said that he has plans to leave the bubble in the middle of the season or playoffs or whenever it happens to be because he will be having a new child. So that brings a new discussion into how the season is going to work out for the league. Yeah, I think... I think that's going to be really interesting to see what happens going on there with players like Hayward, where they really do put their family first also with specifically Joe Ingles and Mike Conley on the jazz. But what were you going to keep saying about Hayward? Well, it's just an interesting thing because obviously Hayward is going to, is among the biggest stars who are expressing that they want to leave the bubble, but that's, that might be a whole new game changer for several other teams. Uh, even if it's just a role player or a starter, uh, will will they be allowed back into the bubble to play, or will they just have to skip a few games? Uh, is it just game over once they leave? Like these are questions the NBA will have to figure out. Yeah. So from my understanding, the current policy will be is that they'll leave the bubble, um, then they'll be permitted back into the bubble, but they will have to socially isolate isolate for four days afterwards. Um, and from what the NBA has been doing, I'm sure that during those four days, the players will receive a test every day. And then if all of those tests come back negative, then they'll be permitted to stay and to keep playing. But looking at that, I mean, that's going to be them missing at least five to six days. So if that ends up being at the beginning of a playoff series or partway through, I mean, that's two to three games that they could miss. and. For a team like the Jazz and the Celtics, I mean, looking at that where they can't really lose Conley or, I mean, the Jazz can't lose Conley. If Conley's not on the court um, during during a playoff series, I think the Jazz are toast. Um, he hasn't been the greatest this year, but that's definitely would be a concern. And the Celtics have enough talent to maybe be able to make it without Gordon Hayward, but it really depends on who they're playing and what series they're in. It's going to be interesting, especially if you see a player like this, like because you never really know when a baby's coming or whatever other reason a player might have to leave. But what if it comes to the conference finals or even the NBA finals, and it's time for that player to leave? Like, is that going to change their decision? Will Will they decide I'd rather play in the finals and just take the L on this one? That's that's a tough decision right there. It really is. Like I. I would have a really hard time if Conley left because I definitely support the decision. But as a fan, that would just hurt. And I mean, we're also assuming that these are going to be healthy births. Like, you know, I mean, if everything goes well, then yeah, they could be back within less than a week. But I mean, if there's complications, if there's other issues, then that could lead to a player like leaving the bubble and not coming back. And the question is, at what point does a certain player leaving 
start impacting the validity of this championship that people are already questioning. You know, like, let's say LeBron James or um, Giannis, let's say they have a family emergency and they leave, and then the Lakers or Bucks, respectively, don't win the title. I don't think I'd really be able to say, oh, well, they that team won the title if they didn't have to go through the Lakers at pretty much full force or the Bucks at full force based on a COVID-19 related scenario. At the same time though, does the Raptors championship last year, does that count or is that an asterisk? Because all the Warriors players went down. So I guess this situation isn't that much different except for the player is deciding to leave rather than them being forced to. Yeah, deciding to leave. And then, I mean, COVID-19 is something that's a lot more likely for one of the players to get than, you know, tearing an ACL or, like, breaking an ankle. Um, And I would say that those we look at and we say, okay, that is just basketball. And, I mean, you look at Michael Jordan, who has those games where, you know, flu Jordan, like, just super sick or food poisoning or whatever it was. You're not going to see... You know, a game where it's like, and LeBron James in game six of the NBA finals played through it with COVID-19. Like, that's not going to be an option, at least. You start seeing players wearing masks in the middle of the game. That would be, I mean, at least you, I mean, the Jazz would be fine with it, right? Since, I mean, what are they at sea level in Orlando? So. So they're already breathing fine. Yeah, so there are, I mean, they're already breathing fine, but. I think it's going to be really interesting. I think right now the asterisk is kind of minimal, depending. I mean, I guess if you wanted to say uh, be a Golden State fan who said they could have made it back, you know, had you had your last 20 games in some (laughs) crazy twisted way. But it really depends on what happens. If there's an infection, if players start having like – not being able to play based on COVID-19, then the asterisk becomes a real, much more just apparent possibility. I, I think no matter what, the people are going to mark this as like a special championship. I think they may end up treating it more like a lockout season. Because uh, that, that's kind of what it is going to end up being. Um, But I don't know. I think in the next like three years, we'll look back at this championship and think of it as, oh, that was a, that was not a normal year. Like, I don't know if they really earned that, but in five, 10 years down the road, I think we'll kind of forget about that. Cause if you look at the last lockout with the Miami heat winning that year, wasn't it the Spurs in the lockout? I think it was the uh, Spurs no, in the lockout. It, it was cause the year before it was the Mavs and the heat. And then the Mavs were the reigning champions during the lockout season. And so it was the thunder heat, I believe. Okay. Well, I'm, 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 I may be wrong, but that's. I just think I, remember, I think it happened. I mean, we're just going to spin down a rabbit hole until one of us googles it. So, um, but going on talking about asterisks on championship seasons, I mean, Cleveland's only championship with Draymond Green being suspended, if I remember correctly, in Game Six, after getting a technical foul in Game Five, like that's a big asterisk. Right. And so we talked about players leaving, like following the policies and going and like coming back and doing four day four days. What happens if if there's a player or two 
who just think that the rules don't apply to them and they get suspended. Like they just outright get suspended for the games. How is that? Do you think that's a possibility or do you think that the quarantines in and of themselves will be considered suspensions? Like what are your thoughts on that? Um, I don't know how the NBA will handle it. I am a little bit concerned, like the bubble that they're putting together, there's going to be a lot of people there. Um, they're not going to be able to have enough tests to test as often as they would like to. So I think the chances are pretty high that someone in the bubble uh, gets COVID and then it starts spreading within the bubble and then they just have to shut things down. Um, I I don't know how how they'd run that, but it's like the, the NBA is in like, they're walking a tightrope here. Everything they do is going to be like, analyzed very closely and then they'll they'll be told that there'll be a better way so it they're under a lot of pressure so i'm interested to see how they handle this i mean on the bright side it looks like major league baseball is gonna not be nearly as strict with their stuff so maybe maybe baseball will be taking the heat you know a bit away from the nba a bit since baseball's still traveling so i definitely think that all of this is just gonna be like, you know, it's just unprecedented to you to over to continue the overuse of the word. Um, but it'll be really interesting to see. I think that really any team has it at this moment. Like you look at the 76ers where you always have Joel Embiid having his health problems. And now he just got three, four months rest. You look at James Harden losing 20 pounds or at Giannis having that time to come back from injury. LeBron James getting to rest up for the finals. And same with Anthony Davis, you know, the, uh, a Lakers team that was just kind of like always on the brink of injury, it felt like. You look at Kawhi Leonard, who is going to be really rested up, but maybe just lost the advantage he had last year from all the load management because now everyone's load managed. Um, you look at the fact that like, home court advantage isn't going to be a thing, which that's what I'm most excited to see is like when it all comes down to it, if you don't have certain outside influences, how is this going to impact the game? Um, so I'm super excited. I'm. We talked a bit about last time being super excited for the Pelicans, um, Trailblazers, and the Grizzlies. And I heard, was listening to something on ESPN that talked about like can um can Zion come back and take the rookie of the year from Morant since that was a discussion before they you know axed about 19 20 games off the season so do you think that that race for 8 in the west is also possibly the race for rookie of the year or what are your thoughts on on kind of that dynamic between those two um duke players i i think that would make a lot of sense um cuz Zion, he was injured for a good portion of the season, and Ja Morant went crazy. So everyone was like, Ja Morant is hands down the rookie of the year. The only reason it was a discussion was so that they had an extra segment to talk about on the jump, really. But now that there's been this break, I bet there's going to be a lot of people who forgot how good Ja Morant was for the whole season. And they might only look at these eight games to decide who the rookie of the year is. So it may very well end up being whoever gets the eighth seed, if it is the Grizzlies or the Pelicans, uh, that team also gets the rookie of the year. I can definitely see that since, I mean, 
under normal circumstances, like it wouldn't even be a discussion. It was like when people were discussing Trey Young. Well, I mean, it would still be a discussion, like when people said, well, Trey Young should be in consideration for the rookie of the year over Doncic. But like Luca had just had such an incredible season all year. And with the hiatus, plus the fact that Zion, I mean, is having just such an incredible rookie season. I mean, like next come next year, or come a season, come one of one of these seasons, Luca might not like Luca might go from being in discussion for could he rival LeBron James to well he's not nearly as good as Zion. Like that's how amazing Zion has been in the small sample size we've seen. So the only thing that I wonder is in the end, if Memphis has the eighth seed and the Pelicans have the ninth seed, I would imagine voting would have to be in before that play-in game. Um, But I'm not entirely sure the dynamics of that. But I definitely think that if Zion goes out and destroys and just comes in and the Pelicans like make this amazing playoff, um, playoff push, then he could get it. But I do think that just based on the fact that John Morant has played the whole season, that he just has that decent-sized advantage in that in in that regard. It's going to be interesting. I I still think John Morant will end up being Rookie of the Year, um, even if they don't get into the playoffs, because I th- I think both because. Play- uh, there were, like MVP, a lot of times you look at team success for who the MVP is. If if you have players with e- pretty equal stat lines, but one team won forty games and the other team won sixty games, you go with a sixty team, sixty win player. But rookie of the year, I don't think it's so much that way. Um, and I think both players are going to put on a show. Like Zion, he he's lost quite a bit of weight during this break. And John Morant, he always comes out with a chip on his shoulder. So, uh, th- those two teams are going to be the most exciting to watch, I think, during the remain- remaining eight games of the season. So, who would be your dark horse? Who is one of the teams that you think could kind of, I mean, obviously not like a bottom eight, but maybe like more mid range team that could come out and just, with the help of the break, just dominate and make a really big playoff push? I I think the Sixers are a team to look at. Uh, I guess they've kind of been in the favorites since for the past couple of years, but right now they are sitting at the sixth seed in the East. Um, so I could see that happening. Um, I, I don't know if they they would technically be considered a dark horse though, because they have been in that conversation for a long time. Out West, um, I don't know. We we've talked about James Harden how that could be a benefit for them. Um, I, I'm, And this one is kind of higher up in the middle of the pack, but I do think the Nuggets might actually, this break might have kind of reset some stuff because it felt like, like last season they came out and they were awesome. And then it came to the playoffs and they just kind of collapsed. And I think since that playoff collapse, they have and it wasn't really a collapse but they had two tough se- series that they should have won fairly easily but they lost uh the second one against the trailblazers but i i think that Jokic has had time to kind of get in shape get his mindset right and um kind of set his goals and know where he wants to go so it would be very interesting to see the nuggets 
especially when you have the Lakers and Clippers having stealing all the hype this season. I definitely agree with you in regards to um, 76ers could come out of nowhere. Um, not out of nowhere, but could kind of have a surge. I think that you could see the Celtics having a surge, you know, if they're able to come together and just make the push. And neither of those teams would be super big dark horses. Um, in the West, I think the Rockets could really benefit from it. But the team that might not even make the playoffs but could be just absurd would be the Portland Trailblazers, I think, depending on how good Nurkic is coming back from injury. Since, I mean, they made it to the Western Conference um, finals last year, right? And now without Nurkic. And if he comes back and if he's able to, like, if they're able to make it into that eighth seed, I don't think they beat the Lakers or the Clippers. I mean, it'll probably be the Lakers. But they would have the caliber of team that was capable of doing it. So in the end, I just think that this is almost creating one of the most um, just exciting playoff pushes in NBA history with just the eight games to the end and the playing game for the eighth and ninth, eighth and ninth seeds. Yeah, it, it, it's exciting because for several years in the West, uh, following the Western playoffs wasn't really very much fun. You knew the Warriors were going to make the championship and everything else that happened was just kind of a detail along the way. And so like last season, I followed the East very closely because it was a, there was like five teams that you're like, one of these five teams could make the finals. But now the war, the Warriors are out of the way. Like with this whole break, we don't really know how teams are playing right now. So it's going to be wide open. And I think fans are going to really pay attention to both sides of the playoffs and even if your team is eighth you'll be highly engaged because you don't know they might have a chance to make the upset here we'll just keep crossing our fingers and hope that um the coronavirus you know lets the season start in a couple weeks as planned but i definitely think that there's some exciting basketball that'll hopefully be happening in orlando and that it's not going to be a letdown come the end of july so any other thoughts that you had before we wrap this up? Um, no, it's it's interesting to watch. I'm excited to see what happens. Uh, there's there's a lot of moving parts here. It feels like every day a player announces um, like their thoughts about the bubble. So it keeps it interesting. It, it it helps us on our end to find something to talk about for this podcast. But I like I feel like the anticipation is building, and uh, I'm I'm excited to see what happens here in a few weeks. You know, I'm I'm excited to well, I'm excited for what I hope will happen. I'm not necessarily excited for what I think might happen, but I think we've had a. I think it's going to be exciting. So, I I wonder how many times we can use the word exciting in a in a single podcast. But I that'll think, be our gold next episode. Okay, we'll keep we'll keep we'll keep a, ta- a counter. So okay, well, <laughs> we hope you guys have a great week. We hope that you guys stay safe and that your fam and that you have a great Fourth of July weekend. And- 